This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Something just cannot fail. It's something you can invest in that will not fail. I think we would all like that. But there's only one place I know that that can happen is when you give to God. It is guaranteed you're going to get a return because when you sow to him, it's always good. He's always going to bring a return. We've been, we started a, a series last week, Money Back Guarantee, and we're talking about money, and God has a lot to talk about money. There's over 2,000 verses that talk about money and possession, so it's important to God. I mean, would say money's a... Uh, it's an important topic to me, too, I guess. Anybody here need money? Anybody here like money? I must be in the wrong group. Well, y'all just empty your pockets, I'll take it. It's bugging you, you know. Money is something that God deals with, and we need to get His instruction and His way of using money and operating in His kingdom, in the kingdom of God. And many people, many Christians struggle financially. And there's a common theme that I've seen uh, throughout the years is you can find those that are honoring God by tithing. And we're going to talk about tithing. They're honoring God with the tithe, and they're they're blessed. You, You can talk to them. Their testimony is they're blessed. Those that aren't tithing, their testimony is, I can't afford to. Happens every time. And you can see the difference. I know the difference I've made in my life once I got the revelation and started trusting God, got past the fear, and I understand how it is. When you don't have enough money as it is, and God's telling you to take a step of faith. It's fearful. It's, it, it's creepy. But once you get that understanding of a loving Heavenly Father who wants to take care of you and bless you, Everything changes. Everything, uh, your whole perspective changes. So God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to have abundant life. To do that, you've got to have stability financially. And we saw that giving is a heart issue, not a money issue. It really is a heart issue. It's, not, it's nothing to do with money, actually. It's the heart. God is wanting your heart. He's after your heart. And God wants us to trust him even with money, which is the currency of this world. You have to buy and sell. You have to use money in this world. God wants us to trust him with money. He wants us to look to him. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, Jesus speaking, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he would be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It's possible 
for you to even be a believer and serve mammon instead of God. You can not serve both. That's what Jesus said. You cannot serve both. Your service is towards one or the other. And mammon, we saw it means wealth or riches, and it's a spirit that rests on money that's not been submitted to God. It's an unrighteous thing. It's, it's a, a spirit that says, I don't need God. I don't need to do what he says in his word. I don't need, I need to put my trust in my money-making ability. I need to put my trust in, in wealth and, and riches. It's, that, it's really the spirit of this world that says, you're going to mess up if you start giving that, if you start doing that. It's the spirit of mammon. And this, this spirit is after our hearts, the spirit of this world. It says all you need is money, but the truth is all we need is God. Jesus said you can't serve both, but when you get that, that self-reliant, self-sufficient uh, spirit, and it's prevalent in America because I made it and I did it my way. I, I'm self-reliant. I'm self-sufficient, you know, that, that spirit that puts God out of the picture. But we as his children need to know that we're serving him and we put our trust in every area of our life in his hands. We're trusting the Lord. So we want our money submitted to God and his purpose. And when you do that, it has the spirit of God on the money. His spirit comes on it and it's blessed. How many want the blessing of the Lord financially? It doesn't mean that everything will just come back financially to you. There's some riches that cannot be bought. What about peace? What about a good marriage, a healthy marriage? What about healing? What about freedom? There are some riches that money can't buy. But see, you've got to be faithful in the small. And that verse used to get me. I said, say, God, I don't have enough to tithe. He said, be faithful in the little. Say, hey, this little I got, God's not going to make any difference. can't read this verse. Be faithful in the little. Well, you're definitely talking about me there. This is little. I want to pay this. I need to do this and do that. I wasn't putting God first. In Luke chapter 12, verse 34, it says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God's after your heart, and mammon, the spirit of this world, is after your heart. Money, or mammon, is a counterfeit God. It says that it will bring you confidence, it will bring you identity, it will bring you significance, it will bring you happiness, it will bring you freedom, it will bring you all these things, but money can't deliver. You know some of the most unhappiest people in the earth today are rich, and they have no peace. They have no joy. They have no marriage. They've been married 10 times and it's still not working. I'm telling you, put your trust in God. Put your trust in Him financially in every area of your life. Money's a counterfeit God. You remember Jesus said how hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
And the disciples were shocked and they said, well, who can be saved? How can they be saved if... And he said, well, with, with men it's impossible, but all things are possible with God. It wasn't the riches that was the problem. It was that they put their trust in riches. God wants to prosper you, but he doesn't want you putting your trust in prosperity, your trust in riches. He said it's hard for them to in, enter into the kingdom. Why? Their heart is where their treasure is. And they put their trust in riches. And they don't need God. God's just a token on the side they might every once in a while visit. The book of Revelations, the Antichrist attempts to control the economy. How does he do it? By which he can buy or sell. The Antichrist actually operates and tries to rule for a short time through the spirit of mammon. So we need to understand the spirit of the world. I've seen it on young people, that spirit of the world, they'll say, you're missing out on a lot of good times because you're serving God. Anybody ever heard that spirit? Or the spirit says, oh, go ahead and, and have your fun in the world, then come back to God. That's a lie. It's a lying spirit. Money in itself is not evil, 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of God, money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through many sorrows. So you say, Pastor, I want the Spirit of God in my finances. How? It's through the tithe. Number one in your notes, tithing is presenting to the Lord the first 10% of your income. The tithe means the tenth. Last week we saw in Leviticus and several other scriptures that it's holy, that all the tithe, the, first, uh, uh, the firstborn, the tithe, the firstfruits, it all belongs to the Lord. It's sacred. It belongs to Him. It's His. And we looked at the law of first things. God is first. He doesn't make a very good second. He won't operate from there. He operates from first and, and tithing really is a first fruits offering. It's offering to him first what belongs to him, what is rightfully his. First things always belong to God. Now, if it's the first fruits, that means it's not the middle fruit, it's not the end fruit, it's the first fruits. Because it's that, it's that same thing. He just, you cannot put God in a position that you choose. He is first, and he will not be second. He will not be third. Seek ye second the kingdom of God, and his righteousness third, and all things will be added unto you. No, it's seek ye first. First. Well, well, all the things added to me, those good things. Are you seeking first the kingdom? No, brother, I'm under grace. What? Grace will seek first the kingdom. <laughs> first fruits. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord for your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty. 
your vats will overflow with new wine. You honor him with your possession, the first fruits of all your increase. You don't just honor him with your, your service, you honor him with your possessions and the first fruits of all your increase. Now, it's possible to be giving 10% and to not be tithing. What did I do with my wallet? Oh, that's fooling around with it. Because of this, I want to show you a little illustration that I believe will help you. Because there are some of you wondering why the time's not producing and you're giving 10%, but you're not tithing. So I have, let me have Laura come down here and help me. Let's give Laura a hand. If you just set these, it's $10, just five in a row and then five more. I want everybody to see it, so Laura, you're going to have to come on this side after it's okay. okay. Let's pretend this is my income for a week. Rough week. $10. Now, my question for you, if I'm going to tie to God, I want to have His Spirit on my finances, on my money, how much money do I give to God? How much? $1. So $1 would be my tithe. Now, my question to you, which $1 bill is the tithe? The first what? The first one I spend is my tithe. Now, years ago, thank you, years ago, there was uh, this couple, we worked together in youth ministry, and they were tithing, and uh, things were just not flowing the way it should be. God would, you know, give them food, but it was constant struggle. It was just constant. And, and they prayed, and they asked the Lord why this is happening. Because we're, we're tithers, we're tithing. And it, it seemed like there was a curse on their finances instead of blessing. And it was actually uh, the wife had a dream, and in the dream, the Lord said, you need to tithe. So she woke up, told her husband, said, we need to tithe. He goes, we are tithing. They just, you know, it's a problem. So they got down, and they prayed, and they're praying, seeking the Lord, and the Lord said, you're not giving me the 10% first. First. You're doing all your bills, and then you're tithing. See, he gets it first. Well, pastor, that takes faith. Yeah. <laughs> it takes faith to give that first. I don't go through and see what all my bills are and then tithe. I tithe on the front end because I give him first. Now, so it's, it seems kind of technical. Well, there's first and there's second. He's first. Does it make a difference putting him first? All the difference. That couple got so blessed after that. Promotions came. 
increase came. Didn't say there wasn't times of still challenges, but I mean, everything changed. Went to see their house, their new house later. So what in the world happened to you too? We start tithing. Then we start giving. And God blessed. It works. You mean God's word's true? It's true. Well, pastor, are you saying that I need to put, I need to give 10% to God and that means I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to have a budget. I'm going to have to realign some things. I'm going to have to figure some things out to do that. Are you asking me to do that? Exactly. See, I can't afford not to tithe. You can't pay me enough not to tithe. I've seen his hand. I want his blessing on my life. But see what we do when we don't give it to him first. Whoever gets that first check, or if you bank online, that e-bill, whoever, whoever will say check, whoever you write that first check to gets the glory and honor of being the first. So what you're doing, you may not realize it, you're going, you write that check, AT&T, AT&T, I want to thank you. I honor you. You've been so good to me. You have reached out and touched me. <laughs> AT&T, you just, you helped me to hear. I bless you today and honor you. Or, you know, Ford Motor Company. Ford Motor Company. Oh, you have just been my salvation. I honor you. You take me places I could never go to. I've seen the world with you. I just, I'm so thankful and so grateful. Or Visa, Visa, thank you for your provision, your supply. I'll not leave home without you. You have put clothes on my back. I'm so grateful. I honor you today. That's what we're doing when we don't put him first. And I, I understand how it is. It's like, well, I want to look at all the bills and, you know, then do it. Now, you need to have a budget. You need to mean business with God and say, I'm going to put you first. Well, I have these debts. I don't believe you'll, you'll be much better off paying off those debts if you'll put God first. Amen. I was talking to a couple other day, and... They had a huge amount of debt, but they honored God, and God wiped that thing out. It took them a, a few years, I think it was six or seven years, knocked it out. It's consistently putting him first. Don't put him first one month, and then skip, and he'll be third and fourth, and that's like me telling Ellen, I love you this month, see you in a couple months, you know. That, that doesn't go over very big. Honoring the Lord. Tithing is when we give this in your notes or present first our tithe to the Lord before any other spending. Now, if you mess up, you stop by the store, you know, something. it's not a legalistic thing either. 
but it's from the heart. You're putting, you're demonstrating that He is first in your life. He's the first thing. Number two, tithing is redemptive by giving to God first. He redeems the remaining 90%. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. We saw that that's your, that's your local church. You bring it into the house of the Lord that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven, pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. I will, <laughs> I will prevent pest from devouring your crops. You say, well, pastor, I'm not a farmer. Well, you're in sales, wherever it is. It's not going to destroy your crop. Whatever business, whatever you're doing to bring in income. And the vines in your field will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. You see the power to tithe? God says, you put me first and honor me. I'm going to bless the rest. I'm going to bless what is in your hands. I'm going to protect it. This is the only place in Scripture where we see that God rebukes the devourer for us. Powerful. The power of the tithe. That 90% be much more effective than the 100% without God's blessing on it. When I give God the first, he blesses the rest. It has to mess the devil up. You know, he's saying, man, I've got these believers over here. They have to function in this world with money, and yet they're still honoring God. Don't get it. I can't stop them. God puts his blessing on us, and we come at the head not to tell. It takes faith to tithe. The first determines how everything else will go. That first check determines who gets the honor and glory I'm putting my trust in. Number three, tithing is for today. Tithing is for today. Common argument against tithing, well, that's Old Testament. Well, we saw last week it was in the Garden of Eden. This principle of first things goes from Genesis to Revelation. It's in the entire, the entire Bible. Tithing was before the law by 400 years. And Matthew 23, 23. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Jesus right there is confirming you should tithe. But you've got to have justice and mercy and faith connected with it. It's not your all in all. God wants you to walk in faith towards Him. He wants you to be compassionate, have mercy. And remember justice. Justice is that Jesus took the price for judgment. Amen? So there's Jesus. And last time I checked, Matthew was in the New Testament. But you can take the entire book of Hebrews, really, and you can see this principle. I'm, I'm going to cover it quickly. Genesis 14, 18, we see where Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. He blessed him, Abraham, Abram at this time. Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, Blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand and gave him a tithe of all. So Abram t- 
tithe to Melchizedek. Melchizedek blessed him. He brought covenant elements out and says, Abram tithed to Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek's a type of Jesus because we find that later in Hebrews. He had no beginning, no end. It's kind of a, a mystery thing. He represents Jesus, and we're going to see the, the connection here in just a moment. But right after this, you find God coming to Abram and changes his name to Abraham and says, makes covenant with him. And it, a lot of it was because Abram blessed his high priest with the tithe. He cooperated and said, yes, God has blessed me with this victory. God had done this. So then in Hebrews 6, 19, this hope we has an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunners entered for us, even Jesus, having become, say become, high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Jesus did not become a high priest until after the death, burial, and resurrection where he was seated at the right hand of the Father God in heavenly places. He's at the right hand of the throne. That's when he became high priest over the church, over the church age or the dispensation of grace. That's when he became our high priest. Okay? And notice he was according to what? The order of Melchizedek. He was according to that order. Now in Hebrews 7, and like I said, you can read all Hebrews. I'm just touching on it. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here, mortal men. He didn't say Levites, said mortal men. Why? There was a change. A change took place. Here, mortal men receive, present tense, that, that word receive, I, I mentioned this before, it means current, perpetual, ongoing. Here mortal men receive present tense tithes, but there he receives them, a whom is witness that he lives. Now the context here, we're talking about Jesus Christ is the one is witness that he lives. It's talking about we have a high priest. Here mortal men receive tithes that are presented to him there, the high priest, after the order of Melchizedek, talking about Jesus Christ, it's for the church age, it's for this time. Tithing is for the church. Amen. He's our high priest. The priesthood wasn't done away with, neither was first things or tithing. It was replaced. The Levitical priesthood was replaced by one perfect high priest, after the order of Melchizedek, who blesses with covenant and receives the tithe. One high priest now. We bring our tithe to church, but we give it to the Lord Jesus Christ. We present it to him. It's for today. He's still, God is still first thing. So the priesthood order of the Old Testament was Levitical, and this Melchizedek was a priest. According to uh, back then, the priests came out of Levi, the tribe of Levi. Kings came out 
the tribe of Judah. Melchizedek was both a king and a priest. The only one we find in scriptures that was Melchizedek. Jesus is called a king and a priest. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the high priest. But you know what you are? You're a king and you're a priest. Because there's no covenant. You can go into the holy place as a priest. You can rule as a king under his kingship. What a blessing. What a day we live in. We're so blessed. So the tithe didn't disappear. God is still first. The principle of first things is an eternal, unchanging truth established by our unchanging Father, God. So should we tithe today? Absolutely. Besides that, I'm not going to let someone outdo me that was under a law when I'm now under grace and have on this side of the cross seen what God has done. I'm going to tithe and I'm going to give above that. I'm not going to let someone under the law outdo me who's under grace. I'm happier than y'all. <laughs> I'm not going to rob God of his honor and worship him as any other place but first. Any other place. Besides that, grace always supersedes the law. The law says, thou shall not murder. Grace says, in the new covenant, what's it say? Thou shalt not hate. Jesus took it to the thought line. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not look with lust. Back then it was tied. You know what it is today? We give our life. We lay down our life as a living sacrifice. He gets it all under grace. Mm. So Abraham, here's the father of our faith. What did he do? He tied without the law. Before the law, he even offered his firstborn. In Genesis 22, 12, it says, Lay down the knife. Don't hurt the lad anyway. The angel said, For I know that God is first in your life. You have not withheld even your beloved son from before me. Now, God will never ask anyone to sacrifice their son again. It's not needed. That was a picture of what was to come. That was a picture of Jesus He'll never ask for someone to do that again because it's not needed. Jesus has been sacrificed. The price has been paid in full. We have been redeemed. So here's what we see. Abraham tithed because he loved God and wanted to honor God. No reason I tithe. It doesn't take no law for me. It's because I love him. I want to tithe. I want his blessing. I get to partner with God in the earth. I get to take unrighteous mammon and put the spirit of God on it and use it to expand his family and to fill up his house. I get to honor him and worship him with money. (laughs) I get to take imperishable things and put it into that which is holy and that which is divine. Treasury of heaven. That's what it says. We fill up the treasury of heaven. What's the true riches? People filling up the family of people. Using money. How does God finance his work in the earth? 
through money. He uses money. I'm thankful to Him. The full power of tithing is found in grace and not in fear. It's something that I get to do. Something that I get to do. Will you put God to the test? He wants you to. He wants to know, will you put Him to the test? Will you prove Him? We have a tithing challenge. What's that mean? If you're not a tither right now, we want to offer you an opportunity for us to partner with you. There's a card in your service guide that you can mark, I want to take the tithe challenge. What that means is for the next three months, we want you to tithe. And we're just going to hold that money. And after three months, if you do not see, in 90 days, you don't see God's hand upon your, your life, we're going to give you back that money. We're going to give you back that money. But we believe that God will show out because His Word is true. Now, we had two people that got blessed this past week. One of them had not left church. One of them, as soon as church was over, they took the, the challenge to become a tither. Before they left here, they had a job, and they were paid for that job before they did the job. They had a debt that they paid, but they were forgiven the debt. We had another couple that took that, took that step, and they received a 35% increase on the job. I mean, no, it's a pretty good raise. I mean, take a 35% increase. 35%. What is it? It's God just showing out. He does it every time. It's the truth. You can't outgive God. So you take that challenge. We want to send you this book called The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn. And you just mark it on that and put an offering plate when it goes by in just a few moments. If you are a tither, God wants you to do more. You need to stretch... And we call it a progressive giver. That means maybe you're giving 10%. Go to 11%. Increase. There are people that are tithing 90% of their income. I'd like to be one of those. I don't know about you. But you know what? You've got to take steps. You just don't start there. You know, boom. You take steps. You increase your faith. You develop. You move forward. So we have a book we want to give you. The Blessed Life by Robert Morris. And this is the best book I've read on finances. And I've read a ton of books. This is the best one I've seen. He will expand your faith. He's given everything he has, including this house, twice away. It will expand your faith. How many need some faith expansion? How many can get, you can get stuck financially? God wants you to have more and be blessed. He, uh, he recently, I, I, I saw a little thing where his, uh, his daughter got married. Wow, I'm a, it's going to be a quick one. <laughs> his daughter uh, was dating a guy. 
and uh, they were there at the church, and they were joking around. This daughter was with some of the young people and saying, um, they were saying, I bet your dad checks, and I don't know the young man's name, checks his tide right there. And um, his daughter said, probably. And all the others, oh, no, there's no way, there's no way. And uh, anyway, she got home and said, Dad, um, I was calling Jim, um, have you checked Jim's tide record by any chance? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's part of his qualification. I want him to know, know that he puts God first and that he'll take care of my daughter. But I left off part uh, at the thing uh, when they were talking there at church. The, the boyfriend's there, and he goes, uh-oh. Oh, no. When she said, yeah, he probably has. And he goes, I was late one time. <laughs> and, and she gets home, and she uh, asked her dad, and he said, yeah, I've checked it, and um, he's a good tither. And uh, he said, well, um, was, and so everything was good. And so, well, he was late one time. That tickled me. Mourn y'all. Anyway. (laughs) So if you fill that out uh, in your seat there, if you, uh, your your card there, if you did we pray for salvation? That's power heads. If If you're here and you never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, this is the most important decision of life. What will you do with Jesus? He loves you. He died for you. He paid the price for you. If you want Jesus this morning, we're going to pray a prayer. I'm not going to ask you to come down. We're just going to all pray together. But if that's you, or maybe you, you work close to God, but you know you're disconnected now. The joy's not there of your salvation, that passion. You want to get back with Him, and you can get in the, on this prayer too. If that's you, just lift up your hand. And say, that's me. I want prayer. We're going to pray together. Thank you, Lord. It's Jesus. Let's pray. Say, dear Lord, thank you for Jesus dying on the cross, paying the price for all my sin. I receive his lordship into my life. I'll follow you, Lord. I'll live for you. And I put you first in my life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 890 1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.